The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome into another edition of the Players' Lounge, sponsored by Heels for Life. And inside Carolina, I'm Tommy Ashley. That's Taylor Vipolis. If you're watching on YouTube, joining us for today's show is Nate McCullum, transfer from Georgia Tech. New Tar Heel, and, and we're brought to you. We're doing this Players for Lounge because Graham Boone and Jacob and all those at Hills for Life have made these guys available to let North Carolina fans get to know the players that they cheer for a little bit better. So uh, not too serious on these podcasts, but we do want to get to know the guys. And, of course, Hills for Life is North Carolina football collective that takes care of them and allows them to – you know, enjoy their college life a little bit more than back in the day, say, when you were uh, scrounging up money to go get a piece of pizza and playing football for 50, 60 hours a week. Let's roll right into it. Nate, I appreciate you taking time to join us. I guess my first question for you, and we'll kind of bounce around, is you went from Atlanta, Georgia, to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And when we talked to you back in January when Mac Brown introduced all the transfers, um, you were still getting used to it a little bit. How have the first six months been? Oh, uh, man. Uh, you know, it's been good. Um, you know, throughout the week, you know, pretty much been busy. Uh, the only time I can say it do get rough is on the weekends. You know, it's, it's a lot slower than the city. You know, uh, I just been around the city so long. But, you know, just uh, Chapel Hill, yeah, it's smooth, man. It's cool. You no, know, it's quiet. You know, I ain't got to worry about too much. So uh, so what do you do on the weekends in Chapel Hill that you can't do in the big city? Come on, man. You know, <laughs> I did you say that. Even when I was in the city, I did the same thing that I do now. I watch movies all the time. On my free time. I'm been watching something all day. That's, that's what I like to do, honestly. I was gonna ask what your what your hobbies are. You're just a, a big movie guy. Yeah, movie, TV show. I don't really play the games that much. I I used to be into it, but not 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 like that. Uh, I got my dog with me, so you know I like to get out, take him to the park, and play around. But other than that, man, I'm staying in the crib. I'll be tired. What what you watching? What what's on the uh, TV right, these days? Right now. Yep. Man, I watch uh I was uh so like the power series. Like I watched okay. all that. I'm on uh I'm watching Tommy, Tommy stuff, uh Force right now. So nice. It kind of keeps you busy, keeps your mind off it. Let, let's go back. I'm gonna go back to the beginning for you a little bit. When did you decide 
that you wanted to play football and you were a dual sport um, athlete in high school or at least coming into college when did football sort of hit for you when you were a youngster um I wouldn't even say when I first started because when I first started I hated football I hated it practice I think I would cry every time I had practice it didn't hit me let me I'm gonna tell you too it didn't hit me till like um middle school and like I it was I, I guess I was pretty good you know we was pretty good and then like Honestly, all the girls would be at the game. I was like, okay, I like this. <laughs> That's when it hit. I was like, yeah, I could take this series for sure. And you, you grew up uh, less than an hour away from the main part of Atlanta. Why did you pick Georgia Tech as a, a four-star recruit um, with offers from, from some pretty big schools like Tennessee? Um. You know, a big a big thing was, uh, you know, I like what Coach Collins was bringing to the table. You know what I'm saying? Um, and obviously, like, the school part was great. But uh, like you said, uh, being a dual-sport athlete, that baseball program was always really good. And, you know, uh, I wanted to be somewhere I was comfortable with and close to home and playing uh, two sports. And, you, and you, mentioned, at- you mentioned coming to Georgia Tech as a – a dual sport athlete you were an outfielder or or you played outfield we're supposed to play outfield for the Georgia Tech baseball team what was your scouting report as a baseball player what was my scouting report um usually like like what did people see me as like a a baseball player uh I was a gap to gap guy uh obviously I could fly you know uh either most of the time on travel ball uh I led off or I Bad at the bottom of the order, you know what I'm saying? Because that's it's big these days is uh, having somebody fast at the top or at the bottom. Um, but yeah, gap the gap guy. I'll sneak a couple home runs here and there. But uh, yeah. So I looked at your and I mentioned this before we got started. I looked at your perfect game rating coming out of high school and it was a ten. And trans that translates into potential to be very high draft pick and or elite level college prospect. What was that like, uh, making the decision to decide what to what to carry forth once you got to college? Man, honestly, um, somebody got the music. Is that on my end or y'all's end? Can y'all hear that? That's not mine. <laughs> uh, person, personally, uh, I always thought I was a better baseball player than a football player. I don't know why. I just felt like I could impact the game a lot more in baseball, you know what I'm saying? Um, But uh, getting to college, you know, it was just, it was exciting to, you know what I'm saying, to be in a program like that, in a baseball program with good coaches, you know what I mean? So. How did did you choose to just focus on on football? Uh, After my first year at tech school, I was like, oh, this hard. And then I wasn't I wasn't where I wanted to be on the football field, you know. And so I was obviously on the full scholarship for football. But baseball was like, yeah, you you could come play, too. But um, I was like, you know, I'm just focused on this one sport, you know, get right in school. So you mentioned feeling like you had more of an impact in in baseball in terms of like what you had more fun playing football, baseball or even even just watching as a casual fan, how do you how do you kind of compare football and baseball and your love for the sports? Oh, nothing, nothing compares to football. Like I've always had 
better moments in football. Like, it's just fun, you know, crowd, you know, just everything, you know. But baseball, like, baseball is just, like, I think it mentally prepared me for, like, anything in football, you know what I'm saying? You take a lot of, a lot, like, a lot of losses or L's in baseball, you know what I'm saying? Just continue to move on to the next play. But nothing compared to high school football, college football, you know, playing playing in front of thousands of fans, you know. How is it being a part of the Georgia Tech program? You mentioned Coach Collins, and I always thought he was a pretty good coach, but it's tough being at Georgia Tech with Georgia right there and all the SEC schools. How how were you, how was your first, like, welcome to college football moment at Georgia Tech? Um, my uh, So we end up playing Notre Dame somewhere around the middle of the season, and I think I was, like, the third slot on the depth chart. But then – both slots went down. And I think in the year 2020, I think Notre Dame was like number three in the country. So I'm out there and I think we going head to toe. It was like seven to 14. I was like, oh, Lord, I don't know if I got no business being in this game. <laughs> but, yeah, that was my first time. I was like, oh, feel me. How was the uh, – how, how was how was the struggles on the football field? How, how did they help you grow as a person? Because y'all had some rough times, and then last year, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but how, how did those games, those situations sort of make you grow up as a person? You know, um, just being able to, like, continue to, like, move on and get better. Like, I, like how can you be better, like, the next game, the next day, the next day of practice, you know, the next day in school, whatever you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? I felt like that, you know, helped me become who I am I was just laughing at, at your story from the Notre Dame game because I'm thinking back to my playing days and when you're out there and, and you have a little doubt creep in your mind you start to, you know you know everybody else watching you is like oh yes. yeah we we could see that doubt yeah. he's wearing that doubt a little on his jersey what would you say is the moment that maybe you doubted yourself not even from a a a game by game, but just, uh, you know, is this level for me when you're uh, a third string receiver at Georgia Tech your freshman year? Man, honestly, I would want to say, like, even like, you know, coming out, so coming out of high school, you know, being uh, like a, a good recruit, you know, you think you like, I could play with these boys, you know what I'm saying? So I, I would say it hit me earlier than that. I think it hit me like when I realized I wasn't going to be playing at all, like after fall camp going into the season, you know, I doubted myself, like, maybe, like, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was, but, you know, soon to realize it's a lot to learn within this game. It's a lot of stuff that goes into it, you know, so I could say around that time. And then when would you say the, the switch flip for you when you started to realize, you know, I, I'm just as good as everybody here and I, I can compete on this level to where last year you're, you're Georgia Tech's leading wide receiver? Um, I, I would say so going into last year, so spring ball going into last year was around the time it started clicking for me and I started catching rhythm. You know, uh, I think it's just about getting back to knowing what you can do. It's all about confidence, you know what I mean? So so when you look at it, um, you know, you had doubts. We talked to Drake May on the first one of these, and he talked about having doubts himself when he was behind Sam and having to watch a lot. And, I, and he had a, you know, welcome to football moment in practice. But for, for young football players, and, and now you're a vet, even though you're new to this team, you're still a vet and still in a leadership role. 
what do you say to the young guys that come in that they may have been the best player on the high school team or, you know, one of the highest ranked recruits in whatever state. And then they get to school and like you were, you're sitting and you're watching and you're probably sitting and watching somebody you think you should be playing over. I mean, how, how do you, as far as leadership, help the young guys there? You, you know, now that you say that, it's a lot of freshmen that go through it. But few, few obviously don't, you know what I'm saying? Because when they come in, you know, some, some are ready. Some are very developed. You know, they understand the game more than a lot of freshmen that do come in. But it's like, now that you say, like, being in college for so long, you can see it. Like, it's it's just an over and over thing, you know. So when I do see something like that with within freshmen, you know, I tell them, like, what can you do to separate yourself from the vet? You know what I'm saying? What is he doing that you're not doing? You feel me? Um, is he in the film room longer? Uh, is he doing extra work on the weekends? Because, you know, being a freshman, it's you got to put in a lot more work than a vet because a vet has more status. So something like that between those lines. So last year you're at Georgia State. You're the leading receiver. There's a lot of quarterbacks going on. What's that like as a receiver trying to build some chemistry with guys when it's sort of a rotating door? Really, your your whole time there. I mean, you had Sims that, I mean, against Carolina. What was that two years ago, Vip? Where he, you guys torched Carolina in the Mercedes, Mercedes Dome. Bands. Yeah, that was two two years ago. Yeah, two years yeah. Ago. one of the worst experiences of my life. <laughs> and then, uh, but how was that being a, you know, a top level receiver, but having the quarterback struggles that you guys have, but then you were still able to produce. How did how did you manage that stuff, and how did you keep those guys with their heads up even when times were tough? Yeah, man. Uh, those like even those all those quarterbacks were very talented, but like you said, just the chemistry. You know, just being on the same page is hard. You know, you know, switching in and out of QBs. You know, you don't know when he's gonna throw. You don't know what he's looking for. You know what I'm saying? He's just fresh in the game. Like, it's, it's pretty tough, uh, especially I think we had a tough – personally, I think we had a tough schedule last year. So, even with the games we played, you know, and then, like I was saying, like, last year was my first year actually starting. So, you know, going going into a game with a new quarterback, like, after a week, it's like, man, how are we going to complete one pass? You know what I'm saying? Even though we practice it, you know, it's just – it's a lot of stuff that go into it. You go from that situation, having multiple quarterbacks and having to work with those kind of chemistry issues or trying to work through those chemistry issues to now you're playing arguably with the best quarterback in all of college football. What has it been like working with Drake and getting the chance to even meet Drake for the first time? Man, that that guy makes my job a million times easier. Like, you know, he could he could put the ball a little bit behind me. My bad. I'm like, man, let me do it. You know what I'm saying? Let me make a play. You know, uh, just just how mature he is. You know, when I first so um I first met him on my visit, and you know, you know, good quarterbacks like that usually have, you know, they're kind of cocky, you know what I'm saying? Like with a status like Drake, you know, you come across they sometimes cocky. But when I met him, I was like, he he's super humble. He's probably like when we had practice, you'll never know who he is because he outworks everybody. I'm saying he's a perfectionist, you know, um, in and out of practice. He wants to throw after. He wants to throw before. Like, he's always on it. Like, he doesn't want no slip up. You know what I'm saying? He's an incredible leader, incredible player. You're stepping into the the slot receiver role for Carolina. 
UNC fans will, will naturally want to compare you to somebody like Josh Downs, another uh, undersized typical receiver uh, from a, a normal outside guy, but both slot receivers from Georgia. Um, how would you describe your game and, you know, maybe maybe kind of get away from the notion that you're you're this Josh Downs replacement? Yeah, man. Um, you know, just go out there and be the player I am. You know what I'm saying? Try to just be a playmaker. You know, in my head, I always want to be a playmaker. So uh, if that if that shows like some things with Josh, hey, you know, hey, good. Josh was a great player. You know what I'm saying? If they want to compare me to Josh, that's cool. That's cool. But um, you know, I, I do think our games are similar. Uh, I do think we could do uh, different things, different types of ways. You know, but, yeah. So when you're when you decide to enter, sort of talk us through um, back up a little bit. Why did you decide to enter the portal? Um, and then when you're getting recruited, sort of who was recruiting you, and then why North Carolina? I mean, clearly, Mike Vip said you got the Josh Downs comparison. So everybody says, well, he's just going to slide into that role. How big a factor was that in ultimately choosing North Carolina, but also going through the process once you entered the portal? Because I don't think people understand the portal is insane. I mean, you get in, your phone starts blowing up. Just sort of walk us through that. Yeah, man. Um, so uh, I wouldn't even – or after the Georgia game, like two weeks after, that was our last game. You know, I was even – I don't think I was – I can't remember when I entered the portal that, that exact date, but um, I end up entering the portal because, you know, I just wanted to be in a stable offense. There was nothing wrong with Tech, but it was just, a, you know what I'm saying, I was going into – I'm going in my fourth year. You know, I want to be in a stable, you know what I mean? There's just a lot of changes going going on. Um, and, you know, Carolina has the, the thing of always having a high-powered offense with great receivers. You know, so obviously they were on the top of my list when I entered the portal. So um, Coach Galloway ended up getting in touch with me, you know, and I checked and I checked it out. You know, then I ended up taking a visit, liked it, and committed sometime soon after that. So how big a sale was the Drake May factor? I mean, the, the offense, Carolina's offense been good. But how big a factor? You mentioned meeting him and how he was pretty chill. And I always say there's a lot of people that, Sometimes they earn the right to be a little cocky, but yeah. the cool ones are the ones that aren't cocky right. anyway. How big a sale was Drake and that receiver position, that receiver room, Coach Galloway for you for North Carolina? I, I obviously, like playing with Drake May was like a boom, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's perfect. And then with the uh, two receivers that left North Carolina, you know, it, it played a big factor. But, um, just, just know how, like how cool they were. You know what I'm saying? The offense, the type of offense that uh, they were going to run. Because um, I ended up committing after Coach Lindsey got hired, and I played Coach Lindsey uh, when we played UCF uh, this past year. You know, so I seen a glimpse of that offense. You know, um, it, it was it was pretty good. You know what I'm saying? I just really liked it. This upcoming season, October 28th, versus Georgia Tech in Atlanta. What will that moment be like for you going going back to Atlanta and, and playing your former team? Yeah, you know, I'll be lying. I'll be lying if I said it's just another game. You know, that's so cliche to me. But uh, you know, it's gonna be a lot of smack talk. It's gonna be fun. I love playing. It's a lot of Atlanta boys on that team. I love playing uh boys from uh the crib. It's gonna be fun. But you know, I'm gonna prepare it just like another game, obviously. You know, uh yeah, I'm just keep it at that. <laughs> 
And we've mentioned before the the struggles that Georgia Tech has had at quarterback with with it almost being like a rotating door when Carolina's had Drake May and Sam Howell and some really great quarterbacks. But you look at the records, Georgia Tech's beat them the past two years. Why do you think Carolina has struggled to beat Georgia Tech the past two seasons being somebody who was on the other side? Man, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Georgia Tech just always had North Carolina number. You know, I hope it's not like that this year. But I don't know. Uh, honestly, I don't know. For some reason, I, okay. Uh, from looking at it, like on film, I don't. North Carolina offense just always struggled the past two years against Georgia Tech. I, I'm not in the defensive meeting room. I don't know what they're doing, but uh, hopefully, it's not like that this year. Are you bringing any secrets? <laughs> I don't know yet. I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know yet. Come on, man. You know there's some secrets in there. No, I mean for whatever reason, you you guys were in. I know you didn't play last year, but you you guys were struggling. New coach, mm-hmm. they get fired up. They come to Carolina and basically start the wrecking of Carolina's hot start. Um, what stuck out and what sticks out about Carolina? in Chapel Hill versus the city. You mentioned it being a little slower and all that, but um, just what have you seen in the first six, seven months you've been in Chapel Hill that uh, away from football maybe that says, hey, this is the right thing. I did the right thing coming here. The people, easily the people. Uh, So obviously Atlanta is a big city with a lot of people, but Chapel Hill, when I first got to Chapel Hill, like everybody is so inviting, like around campus, every restaurant on campus, so inviting, you know, um, it's just a good vibe. And, you know, I, I think I needed a place like this for a year I want to have, you feel me? So um, yeah, that's the, the coaching staff, the players, just everything was just, you know, it's hard coming into a new program, even as an older, as an older guy. Um, just the players being invited and the coaches being invited, just stuff like that. When you, you come in, and I'm kind of bouncing all over the place, but you come in, and like I mentioned earlier, you're a vet, but you're new. Mm-hmm. Talk about the first time you walked into that room and met your teammates. I mean, you say they're all inviting and all, but, you know, you're coming in to play. You're not coming in to sit on the bench. That means if you're playing, somebody else might not be. How has it been in that receiver room? sort of blending all the talent together and the personalities. Man, it's competitive every day, competitive every day. You know, everybody wants to outdo each other, which is a good thing. You feel me? Uh, I think it needs to be like that. Uh, I think the receivers will need to pull a lot of weight this year uh, within the offense, you know, to to do what all the receivers want to do. We all want to have a thousand yards or whatever, but like, Day in, day out, we're challenging each other on the field, in the weight room, on the weekends, even going to the indoor just to throw around with Drake. We we want to be better than each other, and I like it. I love it, actually. So, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, the receivers is what I'm looking forward. Well, I say that. I'm, I'm a former receiver, so the receivers is what I'm always watching. But I think it's interesting when you have somebody like Anton Green and Josh Downs leave and you have a quarterback as established as Drake May and you bring in yourself and you bring in Tez Walker and you start to see all the pieces that could come together with this offense. But I wanted to ask you, since last season ended, what's one area of your game that you feel like you've tried to really hone in on and improve as we get closer to training camp? Um, you know, uh, so obviously I played – I would say all of my snaps last year at in uh, at the slot. Uh, I plan on like moving around a little bit this year. You know what I'm saying? So I've been working on that a lot, and that's one main thing. You know, just being able to play the outside in certain uh, formations. You know, for for the fans, what would you say the the biggest difference is in terms of the skill set needed from the slot to the outside? Um, being more detailed, you know what I'm saying? On the outside, it's, it's a guy in your face. In the slot, you know, you have free releases. You know, you got, you got time to mess around. On the outside, you have to be – you have to perfect your craft. You know, um, you have to be detailed because everything is about timing, uh, getting on the same page with your quarterback. How's Coach Galloway? I mean, you guys obviously have a good relationship, but how's he been for you? Uh, he's been great, man. Uh, he – he pushes me to the limit every day. You know, he doesn't let anything slip. Uh, He's he funny, super funny. You know, uh, we all the receivers go back at it with him. You know what I'm saying? We always uh, get into it, <laughs> just messing around. But uh, he's a cool guy. Good coach. So, I mean, you're new. Tez Walker is new, but um, expected to play and play a lot. Tell North Carolina fans what you see from Tez Walker out there on a daily basis. Explosive, super explosive speed on top of speed, uh, ball skills out of the world. Uh, yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be fun to watch. You know what I'm saying? Is he as fast as everybody says he is? He might be faster. <laughs> wow. Might, yeah, I mean, you talk about might, on the outside, he can just go. He just might be faster. And then when you we when you come to North Carolina. You had the number eight at Georgia Tech. You know, it, it makes sense. Nate, eight. You get six at Carolina. Was there any conversation with Kobe Pacer? Like, hey, you know, let me let me slide some of this NIL over. Let me get the number eight. Or what, what was the story behind choosing six? So, look, check this out. Check this out. So, uh, I, I really don't care about numbers. Uh, but, I, you know, I wanted eight. But let me tell you, so – it was like the first workout or the second workout. You know what I'm saying? I, I wasn't really too worried about work, uh, numbers. I get in there. I get in. I think it was in the indoor. I see Kobe leg. I see Kobe's leg. He has uh, a tattoo of Kobe on it. I said, I'm not getting number eight. <laughs> I said, I ain't even going to ask him. I'm not going to ask him. And that's when I just, I just let it go. I was like, okay. What, what led to choosing six? Uh, hey, man. I don't know. 
I just chose it. I was gonna get, I forgot what I was. I was gonna get three. It was just, it was just a thing. I was like six or three. I don't know. Something low. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. It was definitely gonna be a single digit. Yeah. And a question so that the question I've asked a lot of players so far is, who is the player that people aren't talking about now that they'll be talking about once the season comes? Oh man, man, it's so much talent. Like so many guys explosive to make a play on the offensive side. Are you talking about offense or defense? It could be either. I feel like anybody can have a breakout breakout year if they do it right. It's it's just so much talent. I don't I don't have a specific guy, man, because everybody has made plays since I've got there. So I don't know. Let me ask you um a couple questions from that we ask you um back in January, and I want to see if your answers have changed, because I know you talk to so many people. Um, but your perception of North Carolina football as a high school guy, as a Georgia Tech player, versus how it's been your first six months, what what perception did you have coming in? And be honest, because, I mean, I, I know what the some of the perceptions are out there for Carolina football, but, but you're a guy that you came from the city, you came from Georgia Tech, now you're in Chapel Hill. Perception versus reality in the last six months. How have they changed? Um, from the outside, from when before I got to North Carolina, um, I think, like I think the world views North Carolina like as a school, sports as the like the rich. You know what I'm saying? The privileged, the privileged of blue people, like the blue guy. But ever since I got here, like it's just it's it's not that it's. Like everybody is always working, you know what I'm saying? Doing their best. Like, uh, I think another thing was I heard that uh, North Carolina football players don't develop. I heard. But ever since I got here, I've gotten stronger, faster, did everything Coach Hess, Coach Hess's uh, plan. And, you know, it's been, uh, to me, the close. I think the closest thing to a pro a pro program, you feel me? Um, it's incredible what we do in and out every day. Uh, just the technology is is crazy here. Um, the work ethic of everybody, every staff member, you know, the mindset around the building is we want to win every game this year, and this is how we're going to do it. So you tattoo on your leg. Tell folks what it says and what it means to you, the big one. Uh, the on my leg, grind harder, right? Yeah, grind harder. Oh, I thought she's talking about the knee. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, wait, well, yeah. I mean, you can talk about all of them. But. Yeah. So I got uh, I got a tattoo on my right leg, tattoo on my left, and it says grind harder. And, you know, um, you know, waking up on a Tuesday, Monday, six a.m. You like, I don't want to do this, honestly. But you know, I sit up. You know, that's the first thing I see. You know what I mean? Um, so it's time to go. Like. You here, you know what I'm saying? Let's let's go. What's the backstory behind your other tattoos? Uh I just my mama name, my sister name, uh, I got a knee tattoo to say oh one. I was born in two thousand one. And I got a little stuff I just said, Yeah, let me get that. <laughs> so how'd that one on the knee feel? That that's gotta hurt, right? Oh uh, yeah, it hurt. Uh, that's why I didn't go back and get uh, get the other knee done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have one on I have one on my shin and yeah. The the shading towards the knee was the most pain I've ever felt. Yeah, I started yeah. getting lightheaded. I looked up at the artist. I was like, 
hey, we're going to need to take like a yeah. five, ten minute break real quick before <laughs> I faint. Yeah. That shading, man, especially shading, when bro. you get black going on, especially on my skin. I was like, uh, are you about done? Because this yeah. is it's starting to hurt a little bit. Uh, let's let me ask you a couple questions and we'll let you get out of here. We're talking with Nate McCollum, Georgia Tech transfer now number six for the North Carolina Tar Heels, expected to play a big role in Mac Brown and Drake May and Chip Lindsay's offense. And uh, of course, we're here for Heels for Life. Um, Nate, Mac Brown described you as a competitor and the first highlight he showed us, and I remember it because I watched way too much college football outside of North Carolina, mm-hmm. is the chase down. Mm-hmm. Talk about that play um, and, and just – and why. Why did that play happen for you? What were you thinking? Man, so I don't care, I don't care what happened. I don't care what happened. Like that – any play, I'm going to do whatever it takes to change that play around. You feel me? Make it the best play as possible. So I'm running a, a five-yard roll, whatever you want to call it. And I look I look back. Uh, I think I, Jeff was playing quarterback. I think he's going to throw me the ball. I look back, the ball on the ground. So I'm like, honestly, what was going through my head, I'm like, either I could stay here and get cussed out when we get back in the field room for not chasing this ball, or, you know, I could just run and try, get anywhere close to him. You feel me? Just show some type of effort. But – so he picked up the ball, he running, so I run. He was messing around down the sideline, and that's what I was moving too. Now, don't get me wrong, I was I was skating, but he was messing around like somewhat celebrating. And I came back and I think I hit the ball out and it was a touchback, something like that. So we at what point are you chasing him going? I, I'm got I got him. I'm when he started when he started messing around, I took hey, and I took me a I took a great angle too. That angle was a played a big role. But uh, yeah, around like the man, I don't know. It, that play was a blur. That play was a blur. I was tired. I was, <laughs> <laughs> for I, folks that don't know what we're talking about, um, what the the video's been up, but you're on the top of the field. Yeah, y'all are down at what the five yard line or somewhere in the red zone. The fumble happens, and that guy's gone before you even realize what's going on, and you run diagonal across the whole field, snag him at the one yard line, knock the ball out of the back of the end zone. Mac talks about it. Mac went on and on and on about that one play. Um, and it sort of typified, said it typified what he expected out of you and what you expect out of yourself every play. Yeah, yeah. I, j- I just watched it for the first time. You're not even in the frame when the guy's at like the 25, 20-yard line going in. Has Coach Chizik brought you in at all for, for so you could teach about some pursuit angles? Nah, nah, I ain't do that. Though. I ain't because I'm not the best. I'm not the best tackler, but <laughs> a lot of that had to do something with speed. Yeah. So, uh, man, yeah, that's like when people see that play, I want them to know that hey, that's the type of player I am. Like every game, every play, like I'm a let's go. And just from a competitor aspect, you know, Carolina brings you in as a receiver, and you could also punt return. Can you talk about the the mentality that you have to have as a punt returner, knowing that a lot of the times you're going to have people breathing down your neck if if, if a, a gunner gets a good release, and the mentality you have to have to know that you might you might get lit up or you might have the chance to to make a big play. And special teams is such an underrated aspect in football in general. Yeah, man. Uh, just main thing with punt well any returner is be confident. Uh, just have confidence, be calm 
especially at punt return, because like you said, they breathing down. down your, yeah, they in your face. Um, and then again, it's you know, with punt, it's a lot with uh, field position. You know, I didn't understand that coming into college. And so it took me took me two years, you could say, to understand, like, this is a big, uh, big role of the game. You know what I'm saying? Um, we called it um, hitting – we called it hitting yards because it is. You know what I'm saying? You don't end up catching it. You know, that, that ball could bounce. So, you know, it's just about being smart as well. So – from a receiver perspective and also a punt returner perspective, is there anybody that you watch at, at the next level and try to model your game after or try to pick pick certain aspects of other people's games? As a receiver, uh, I will – I try my best. I try my best to – Elijah Moore, I love how he – I like just explosive. You know, he can run routes. You know, he has – he got yak. You know what I'm saying? He could just change the game. So, I watch him a lot. And what, any, any punt returners? Uh, punt return? No, I don't too much watch punt return because I think punt, punt return is more so obviously first catch the ball and then you freelance, you know what I'm saying? You just be a ball player. So When when you're back there and, and the ball is coming, sort of describe that feeling when you're trying to catch the ball. And it, folks don't realize it ain't coming straight. I no. mean, it's all over the place. Just sort of describe it for, for the non-football person returning a punt with one, maybe two guys running full speed, and they're gonna they're gonna take you out. What's that like? Just describe it for us. You, you pray you go the right way. <laughs> <laughs> you pick the right way. He's not right there. Nah, but uh, yeah, man. So uh, ball comes off the uh, punter's foot. Uh, you as the ball is in the air, you peeping. So like, who's who's down a little bit farther? You know what I mean? And then um, what comes into play is if you have a a return setup, you know, a return play setup for you to go left or right. And then, obviously, if the ball is hanging too long, you fair catch because you can't do nothing with it. Um, but, yeah, man, it's just catch catch the ball first, uh, secure the ball first, and then see what you could do, get as many yards as possible. Have you ever What's watched it? any uh, Ryan Switzer highlights at UNC? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's different. He, yeah, he was different. Everybody's playing for second for best punt returner. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's different. Uh, yeah. What uh? How many times you got lit up punt return, and you get over to the sidelines and you somebody missed the block? <laughs> uh, lit up. I've never been lit up on punt return. Now it has been some times where like they done caught me, like caught me off guard as I'm getting tackled, but um. Yeah, man, they come to the sideline. My bad, man. I missed the block. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, and it's usually in the film room. You don't catch it on the field. Uh, but yeah, it's usually man. They'd be like, my bad. I'd be like, oh yeah, okay. So, yeah. So uh, we're gonna let you get out of here. You've been great. But uh, just, uh, what's the most fun you've had at Chapel Hill since you've been there? I know you guys. I saw some of them went to Drive Shack. Uh, I know some of the – I saw some of the basketball guys at one of the cart racing places. What What is sort of like with your teammates and guys you get to know and your roommates or whatever, what What have been the fun times off the field for you guys? Uh, For me, probably paintball. That was my first time going paintball, paintballing. And uh, I think – I don't know who I was hitting. I think I, I hit my old teammate one time. Uh, but, yeah, it was just, it was just funny. Uh, paintball was real fun. Drive shot was kind of fun, you know. I got it. I back when I played baseball, I tend to roll over a little bit, so I was hitting the ball. I was literally hitting the ball down because drive shack has a little curve, 
<laughs> like the main, I think I almost hit one somebody down there too. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, it's been fun, man. And then obviously just going out uh, on the weekend, you know. Who's the most competitive teammate you got? Ooh, most competitive teammate. Most competitive teammate. That's a good question. Man, I, I don't think I've been around so many competitive players, honestly. But I'm trying to think who talked trash the most and can back it up. Uh, <laughs> two, very, two very different things. Who talks trash the most and then who can right. back it up the most. Right, right, right. Uh Man, oh man, me and Taz like to go at it a lot. Me and Taz, we like to go at it, like just running. Like I'm faster, you know. He might have a faster time than me one day. I might get him the next day. Then I get him for the next three days. No, I just play, but yeah. yeah. So on the defensive side, when you're in practice, a lot of people, and this would be my last questions because I don't even want to go here really. But a lot of people talk about the Carolina defense got to be better this year. You yeah. see them every day in practice. Um, what have you seen from the, those guys, and who's who covers you the best? Who's your toughest guy going up against every day in practice? Um, I would have to say Huzzy, Elijah Huzzy. Uh, he's like a his he he has ball skills like a receiver, and then his feet his feet is crazy. Uh, he moves like a receiver, and then he's like a gnat. So it's like he'll let you catch catch the ball. And then he'll come in and knock it out. Like he's like a net, he has a net for the ball. Literally, like he's gonna be on your hip everywhere you go. So yeah. That's... Well, I can tell you that every player we've talked to said Elijah Hussey is the guy that people need to pay, be paying attention to. Yeah, ball player, man. Ball player. Yeah, and another transfer, East Tennessee State. Um, what do you say? Let me ask you this: He's transferring up a level. I mean, it's, it's ball is ball, but he's transferring up a level. What do you say to folks that worry about the level of competition that maybe Tez and maybe Elijah and anybody else that's transferring up a level? How is it different, or why should people not worry about that? I don't know, man. Um, I So, personally, I think if you could ball, you could ball anywhere. But playing – so, I've played, like, different levels. I, I forgot, like, different co conferences or whatever, uh, not P5. I would say the difference that people do try to pick pick out is the fronts. So, the O-line, D-line. Because there's some freaks in P5 football and there's some freaks in other uh, – on different levels. I, I would say that's probably, like, the only difference. And then the skills. I think the skills is just – just a bunch of ball players, you know, either you make the play, it's one-on-one, -on -one. it's a one-on-one -on -one every play. Either he going to win or, or the other player going to win, so. Yeah, you see it in the uh, March Madness tournament all the time. A lot of a lot of times these smaller schools, people just missed on the evaluations. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and if dudes compete, I mean, everybody's mentioned, like I said, everybody's mentioned Huzzy. And we saw what Tez did against uh, the big schools when he got yep. the opportunity at Kent State. So um, last question for me, and we'll let you get out of here. What's Hills for Life mean? What, what's, what has it been like being an athlete in the NIL landscape? And you got Hills for Life at North Carolina. What's it, what's it provided opportunities for you, maybe giving back to the community? What you've been doing with that? And uh, what's it been like in this sort of new era of college football? Yeah, man. So obviously, you know, Every player wants to be paid, but um, I would say, like, just the opportunity to help 
with like community service, you know what I'm saying? And not get paid, you know what I'm saying? Just just to do something else than be in the house and watch movies. Like uh I could go out like uh and help bag some 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 food for uh some families, you know what I'm saying? Um you know it, it it's a good feeling to know you can help out through something like Hills for Life, you know, um just try to provide as much um care as you can for people who's less unfortunate. So it's a good way to close it. Taylor, you got anything left? Nope, that's it. That is a, a great way to end it. That is Nate McCollum. This has been the Players Lounge Inside Carolina collaboration with Heels for Life. And of course, check them out at Heels for the number four life.org. You can join on many different levels. Uh, support guys like Nate McCollum, support guys like Drake May, support all those guys at North Carolina. Uh, it's the collective, it's the way to do it. And like he said, they give back to the community. It's not just about the money. It's about the opportunity to provide for others and to give back and do something other than catch a ball <laughs> or right. make a play um, and, and make an impact on society. Nate, man, we appreciate you joining us. Yes, sir. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.